Hey friends, it's Mark James and today is Wednesday the 24th of May. Gosh, what am I about to talk about? Will I mention blue cheese again? Will I finally give Mark, otherwise known as Reds underscore 87 from TikTok, a shout out? And will I finally reveal whether or not I've made the decision to put the money down and confirm buying a motorbike? (laughs) Well, I suppose technically I've just done all three of those things. So yes, I've eaten more blue cheese. I'm obsessed with it. I don't know what to tell you. I just can't stop. Now I'm trying all sorts of different blue cheeses. More on that in a bit. Um, I've given a shout out to Mark Reds underscore 87. Mark uh, follows my Instagram and listens to this podcast and has been following me on uh, TikTok. Lost weight on his holiday, the jammy bastard. (laughs) Went on holiday for a week, came back, lost four pounds. Unbelievable. That never happened to me. But there it is, mate. A proper, proper shout out. Ask and and ye shall receive. And uh, last but not least, let's get started with a motorbike. I suppose you could put this in the new goals category. Normally, I talk about my weight and new goals. So the weight update is that I'm finally in the 15s. I'm 15 stone 13, which feels really good. Really, really good. Now, I was 15 stone 13 on Sunday too. But um, God damn, did I eat some shit on Sunday. (laughs) We had pizza. I had donuts. We had a cheese board. I had uh, chicken, Rogan, like Rogan Josh flavored chicken. It wasn't a curry. In wraps, I drank IPA. I tried my first ever IPA. Loads of different stuff, but um, I ate a lot of stuff. Now, I don't get weighed on Mondays because Sunday is always my worst day. And I just think, you know what? I don't need to know what I weigh on Monday. I can go without. I'll skip it. And then on Tuesday, I got weighed and... I think I was 16 stone one, so I'd gone up a little bit, so God knows what I must have been on Monday, because I fasted Monday, so get getting weighed on Tuesday after fasting for a day and being 16 one, I don't know what I would have been, but then today I've got weighed and I'm 15, 13 again, so back to 223 pounds, which feels really good, I'm quite happy about that, I'm actually, you know, if I could sign a contract now that said I'd stay this weight forever, I'd take that. I wouldn't mind it. I'm happy at this weight. All my clothes fit. I feel like I look all right. I'm happy with the fact that I can buy clothes anywhere. I'm a large to medium size. Um, It's all right, you know, it's good. Things are good, but I do want to push further. But what I'm saying is I'm not affected now. If I gain a pound or two, it does nothing to my state of mind at all. Although I have decided I never, ever, ever want to be 16 and a half stone again. I can take like, I can take these low 16s, high 15s. And of course, once I get to low 15s, I'll never want to be 15 and a half stone again. But that is life, I guess. So all is good on the weight scales, on the weight stakes, on the, on the, the grand scheme, I suppose is what I'm looking for. And I'm very happy. I would like ideally to finish this week sort of 15 and a half stone. That'd be good to get down to maybe 15 seven to be 218 pounds 200 yeah 218 pounds would be good that would make me quite happy or 217 let's see how it goes but um as far as the rest of it goes i'm very happy so that's the weight update as far as goals go 
Sorry, I've still got a little bit of a cough. I've stalled a little bit on writing the book. I have started the second essay, but uh, I've just had so much stuff on. My days are jammed, you know. I wake up in the morning, I walk Joshua to school. Then I come home and I do the bike. And before I know it, it's normally at this point after 11. And then I've been leaving for gigs at one and two o'clock. So I've got so little time. And then the gig days, I've been doing a lot of reading, actually. I've been reading a lot of classic literature. Been reading A Picture of Dorian Gray. Uh, not long since I finished Great Gatsby. I just had, um, what's it called? The New Strange Ways uh, Here We Come book by Neil Samworth. That was good. So just loads of different books I've been reading. And that's been good. So my goals of writing have not been up there. But one of my goals is to just kind of enjoy being alive a bit more. I said this to Sarah last night. We're on the phone because Sarah's got these six projects that she needs to hand in. And they typically take two to three weeks. But this final part of a course, she has to do six in six weeks. But then they're not like timed. It's not you have to hand in one a week. It's just that at the end of the six weeks, you've got to do... You've got to hand in all six. <laughs> and now she's got five weeks left and she hasn't finished any of them. She did do some good work last night, she tells me. But I was talking to her about that and I said to her, we've got six weeks until we booked another holiday. I'll come back to that. We've got six weeks until we go on holiday or six full weeks in between now and the holiday. Why don't you just knuckle down and crush every night, really commit so that in the time when you don't have to do this work, you can just enjoy it more. And whether she takes my advice or not is up to her. She knows what she's doing. I am absolutely 1 billion percent certain that she'll get all the work done. It'll be good and she'll get it done in time. But Sarah has sort of a, an inability to look at her previous success and use it as any confirmation that she'll be capable of achieving things going forward. You know, she smashed every previous assignment she's had to hand in with flying colours, even when she's thought it's been dreadful. And I think maybe her standards are higher than the standards expected. And so she's judging herself really harshly, but actually she's well capable of it. But one thing Sarah cannot do... And I've noticed this over many years of knowing her and being married to her is she cannot ever take previous results as guarantee of future success. It's just not in her to do that. I go on stage every night and I think, well, I was good at this last night, so surely I'll be good at it tonight. That's what keeps me able to move forward. Otherwise, I'd be too scared even to go on. But Sarah's not like that. It's always fresh every time. She'll be fine. But... With regards to goals, one of my goals is to just enjoy life more, to not spend time wishing on things and looking back thinking, oh, I wish I'd done that or not done that. And just push, just do the things that I think will make me happy. Push towards being the kind of person that I want to be. And the kind of person that I want to be rides a motorbike. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. The kind of person I want to be rides a motorbike. So I bought the motorbike. I've only put down the deposit so far. As I'm sure I've mentioned to you in the past, the motorbike is £5,000. 
but the deposit is £500. So I paid the £500 a couple of nights ago and the motorbike is currently scheduled for delivery in the last week of August, which is also my birthday. It's kind of perfect. And so I'm going to get the bike paid for between now and then. And then when it comes for my birthday, my 37th birthday, I'm going to be someone who rides a motorbike. And that'll be that. But not a, not a badass, crazy motorbike rider. I'll be a motorbike rider who rides an electric motorbike in a vintage style around town with a quirky open-faced helmet on and, um, you know, listens to Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's the kind of person I'm going to be. There's an episode of um, Curb Your Enthusiasm on the TV and I always like this show. You can come in at any point during Curb Your Enthusiasm and find what's happening funny. But you really need to see the whole thing to get... Every, every episode's got an internal story arc, which makes insane sense, but is also very funny. So um, I've paused it so that I can actually watch it when I finish recording. So yeah, riding a motorbike. I guess you could call this episode Back in the Saddle, because I'm feeling positive about recording. But also... I've ordered a motorbike. I can't stop saying it. It's exciting to tell people. Sarah has a lot of misgivings about the money, about the motorbike and the money. I think she thinks that um, that it's possibly a little bit of a frivolous purchase and that it's. she just thinks it's a bit bananas. But as ever, she supports me. So I think it's going to be okay. I'd quite like her to learn to ride the motorbike as well. I think if she learns to ride it, she'll enjoy it too. And she'll use it occasionally. I can see Sarah going out. She'd look fucking cool on a motorbike. Just imagine her riding into town to work. Because they can always park around the back where she works. She doesn't like parking around the back in her car because it's a really, really narrow alley. Now, I drive my full-size car through it. But my full-size car's got sensors and all sorts on. And I've driven her little car in it, but she's not confident getting her car through it. And to be fair, it is... You know what? All I can say for that alley is that both sides of the wall and every corner are covered in the various scrapes of paint from nearly every car that's ever tried to go down it. (laughs) So it is a bad wall, but she could ride the motorbike to work if she wanted to. So there you go. Um... So the last recording last week was Wednesday. Of course, I did a gig that night. Then Thursday, I was at Seashore. But the cool thing about Seashore is that I was on at 7 o'clock. And then at 8 o'clock, I... My dog, by the way, is fast asleep, sort of between my legs. He's kind of in the V-shape that your legs make when you sit with them flat out on the couch. And he's even though I'm talking at this volume and speed, he is fully asleep. Um, anyway... So the Aston Villa game was on. Aston Villa were playing directly after Seashore. And, I mean, the the weekend was crazy for football. Obviously, Aston Villa were beating Man City 2-0, which was spellbindingly incredible. And then conceded three goals in six minutes. Completely capitulated and basically took what looked like it was going to be Liverpool's title away from them and gave it back to Man City. But, you know, enough about that. I've realised that most of you don't really like football. (laughs) But the circumstances around this football is what's important. I got to watch it with my two friends. My friend Kelvin, who's the entertainment manager, and my friend Paul, who used to be an entertainment manager, lives in the Great Yarmouth area and has gone back to Haven on a uh, 
temporary basis. He only does a few nights a week. And he's brilliant. He's such a nice guy and he's a great presenter. And, you know, he's been an entertainment manager and he's good friends with Kelvin and he's on his team now. And it's just great. It's so fun. So I got to sit with the two of them and we watched the Aston Villa game together. Uh, Paul finished work, so he got to watch it. But Kelvin had to go back to work because uh, he wasn't finished. But the singer was on, so we watched while the singer was on. And uh, it was nice. And then I stayed over. And the reason I stayed over instead of driving straight home on a Thursday night, even though I was off on the Friday, is because Saturday I was going to be due back in that area, gigging in Great Yarmouth again. Now, ordinarily, I'd probably have come home and gone back again because I'm sort of crazy like that. But it didn't make sense to do that. Only by virtue of the fact that the first show on Saturday was at 11 a.m., so to guarantee getting there on time, I would have had to set off at 4 a.m. from home because it can be five and a half hours on a good day. But you just never know traffic or any accidents or anything can set you back. So I'd have had to set off at like 4 a.m. really to, to really give myself a chance. And I didn't fancy that. So I stayed down there, but I didn't stay in Great Yarmouth because I was a bit sick of it by then. I'd been there for four days. So I booked a hotel in Ipswich because I wanted to go down to Essex, Kent, and they're two different counties, by the way, but I wanted to go to both of them. <coughs> so that on Saturday, I could visit Blue Water Shopping Centre, which is a pretty good shopping centre. It's not as good as I remembered it being. I might be going off shopping centres in general, unless you've got specific stores to go to. You might walk around a place that's got 140 stores, but you're only interested in four of them. And there's other places where those four stores might be that are actually more interesting to walk around. But Blue Water's not bad. And one of the reasons I was going is because I was finally going to try Wingstop. Wingstop has plagued me for years. I've always wanted to try it. I've seen it in America. I've seen it in England. I've never, ever been to one. And then recently... I was watching the Food Wars channel. Now, I love the Food Wars. It's a YouTube channel. I love Food Wars. They take all sorts of different foods. Two guys. One of them's American. One of them's English. And they make videos in conjunction with each other. And they compare them. So they'll compare the calories in them, the carbohydrates, the chemicals, the ingredients, all the different stuff in, say, McDonald's, KFC, Burger King, all the different chains. And they'll talk about and all, loads of other snacks, chocolates and all sorts of things. They'll compare sizes, flavors, just loads and loads of different stuff between America and USA. So it's usually called Food Wars USA versus UK. And the videos are great. And they did a Wingstop comparison. And I thought, I'm going to finally try this place. Let me just have a drink. Sitting in the living room, by the way, drinking out of a can of white uh, Monster. The Zero Sugar one. So, I thought, I'm finally going to try Wingstop. There was one at Blue Water. I went... I ordered two different flavors of wings because they do a combo thing where you get 10 wings, but you get five of each and a sauce. So I ordered that with no fries because I don't really dig the fries, which is a shame because I was told later that Wingstop's wings are bullshit, but their fries are amazing. You wouldn't imagine that, would you? You wouldn't go to a place called Wingstop and think, oh, I bet their fries are great. But hey, you'd think the wings would be great. The wings were not great. But apparently the fries are, and I didn't try them. So that's always in the air. But anyway, 
I ordered two different flavors. One of them was called Atomic, and it said that they were really, really hot. The other one was lemon pepper. Now, I ordered lemon pepper because there's no heat in it at all. But Joshua Wiseman, another YouTuber that I like, had made wet lemon pepper wings on his channel and said they were amazing. He made dry ones as well and said they were good, but not as good. And Wingstop only did dry ones, but I thought I'd try them anyway. The flavors were nice. The quality of wings was poor. The quality of wings was a four out of ten. The flavors were a 7 or 8 out of 10, but I settled on a 6 out of 10 average, I think, when I talked about it on TikTok. The thing that made me think the wings were going to be hot is that they were called atomic wings. There was a 5 chili little chart next to them on the menu, so you'd think, well, 5, that's, you'd put 3, wouldn't you? <laughs> and assume people thought, oh, so you can have one, two or three chilies for heat. This one's got three. Um, that's going to be hot. But if you put five already psychologically thinking up to five and this has got five, these must be really hot. They even, by the way, gave you gloves to eat them with. So now I'm thinking, right, I'm in for it here. He's put some gloves on the tray. And then after all of that, before he asks me, he goes, by the way, have you ever had these before? They're very, very hot. And I said, no, I haven't, but I love spicy food. I'm sure it'll be fine. And then a little thing appeared on the till. It was one of those tills where I could see what he was seeing, you know, the double screen till. And a little thing came up that said, has the customer been warned? And it said, he clicked yes. And a little Y appeared. And I thought, five chilies, gloves to wear while you eat them and a customer warning checker on the till. Fuck me, I'm going to be in for some serious shit here. So I ordered some blue cheese sauce to go with them. Anyway, I took my first bite, and I got a little bit... They even smelled hot, and there was, like, the, the seeds were on them and everything. I took my first bite, and I thought, I can taste the flavour of spice, but not actually any heat yet. And I waited, and I took another bite, and still no heat. Anyway, I finished all five... Didn't need the blue cheese sauce. I had it because I enjoyed it. But absolutely so laughably unspicy as to be not even really worth mentioning. I'm worried that they might have given me the wrong ones. I mean, it was just... That's not even macho bravado or anything. I would tell you if they were spicy. I've told you in the past loads of stuff I've eaten where I thought I was going to die. But that, there was just nothing to it. So Wingstop was wholeheartedly disappointing. But I did have a nice walk around. I did buy, I didn't buy anything at Blue Water. I tried, but there's nothing I wanted. Then I drove halfway back to Ipswich and stopped off a brain tree. And I was very excited because I've got some glasses, some kind of octagonal fronted glasses, elongated octagonal glasses. They're kind of the shape of almost a movie ticket. You know, like a classic movie ticket with the slightly uh, cut in corners like it's a uh, oblong but it's got those cut in corners a classic style my glasses are almost that shape but they've got black front and they've got red arms on them anyway i'm walking around and i see this watch stop just like a kind of mid-level brand watch shop sells casios and all sorts of stuff but then it sells tags and a few slightly higher brands but not any rolexes or omegas or anything like that f Heinz, i think it was and in the window, I see this G-Shock. Now, I, I really do love a G-Shock. I've got three, 
and I've just bought another one. <laughs> I've just bought the solar-powered Bluetooth one, which looks amazing because Sarah won't know this yet. She'll know now when she listens to this. But um, the solar-powered Bluetooth G-Shock, it's £139, which is good money for a G-Shock. They can be anything from 60 to, you know, three, four, five hundred pound This one, I'm stunned that the price is 140 £139.99. Don't go and Google it, by the way. You won't be able to get one. They're impossible to get. They came on a short pre-sale and they sold out almost instantly. Um, but anyway, but I'll tell you how I got one. So it's Bluetooth. It connects to your phone and you can set everything in it on your phone, which one of the things that pisses most G-Shock owners off is that setting it can be a bit of a pain. But it's great because when you look at it on an analog digital G-Shock, you can have the time where you are as the big analog face, you know, the hands. But then in the little digital windows, you can have the times of other places. So I always have mine set with LA time, but you can also have temperatures, stopwatches, loads of different stuff in the other displays. And also there's a GMT hand on this one. So you can have up to three different times at a glance on the same watch face, which I find really handy. I like that as a feature um, because, you know, my best friend lives in California, so it's no problem. Like if it's 12 o'clock and I look at the time, I go, right, it's 4 a.m. Or if it's midnight, I go, oh, it's 4 p.m. But if it's like three o'clock, I mean, to be fair, I'm good at math, so I'm over-egging it here. I generally know what time it is when I have to take eight hours off. <laughs> but it never hurts to see it on the watch face, to always be reminded of the time. But you can set it using the Bluetooth and you can also get metrics and you can have it uh, step count and it's it vibrates with your phone calls and stuff like that. It's really good. I, I like it a lot. Um, and I really, really wanted one. And it's like a good kind of, that really nice, you know, like red, but then you see fire engine red and you go, Ooh, that's fucking red. That is nice. Well, this watch is yellow, but it's that yellow that you look at and you go, that's yellow. There's no comparison. It's like to yellow what fire engine red is to red. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Anyway, this is how I got one. I'd basically given up any hope of getting one before September because the G-Shock website says they're looking to restock by the end of August. So I thought the next time I'm going to have a chance to get one is going to be September, which is forever away. June, July, August, four months away. So I was devastated. But anyway, and I was moaning to Sarah about this last week. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking on Instagram today and I get an advert from Carnaby Street, London, um, G-Shock store. They put up on their website that they've got G-Shocks, the yellow one, the B2100, in stock. Miss, the advert said, like, missed your chance? Suddenly we've got them in stock. Hurry, won't last the day. So I'm like, what the fuck? This is like a sign. Obviously, I've been targeted this advert because I've Googled, G I've searched G-Shock on Instagram so many times and I follow the actual G-Shock page on Instagram because I really like them. If you want to collect watches, by the way, and you want to collect... I never got round to the watch that I bought from... Uh, Braintree, 
long story short, inside of the box, there were multiple coloured straps and faces you could change. So I put a black face on and red straps, and it perfectly colour-wise matches the red arms of my glasses and the black front of my glasses. So now my glasses and my G-Shock are a perfect match to each other. And I like to match glasses with watches all the time. It's a bit of a thing that I just have started to enjoy. So if you want to match glasses to watches, um, or anything with watches, if you want to match, you, you know, not everyone wears glasses. If you want to match your trainers, your sneakers to your watch, that's a great way to do it. Because you can get Converse in nearly any colour. You can get G-Shock in pretty much every colour. So that's a really good way to do that. And it's a dead easy way to just have two matching accessories. And I like it a lot. So, anyway. I see this advert on Instagram. So I immediately Google Carnaby Street G-Shock store. I call the number, a guy answers. I said, hi, I've just been on Instagram and seen that you've, and, he, and the guy goes, the yellow B2100. And I go, yeah, how did you know? He said, oh, it was me who did the Instagram post and you're the 12th call we've had today. And I said, all right, how many have you got left? And he said, I can't give you exact numbers, but if you can get here within the hour, there's a solid chance we'll still have one for you. And I said, oh, can I just buy it over the phone? Can I pay you and get it sent in the mail? And he said, no, um, we don't have a mechanism to do that. And we don't have an individual store-based website. You can buy from G-Shock in general, but these are not in G-Shock in general stock. They're just in our store stock as an in-store only purchase. So that's all we can do. We can't take a payment over the phone. I'm really sorry. And I was like, right. He said, do you know anybody in London? And I said, I don't really know. So I posted on Facebook, any London friends near Carnaby Street can do me a favour. Anyway, a friend got in touch and said, what do you need? I'll help you. Um, and I messaged him exactly what it was. And he was like, yep, cool. No problem. I'll sort it. So I sent him the money. He went to the store. He bought the watch. He put it in the mail. He sent it to me. He told me what the post was. I sent him the money for that. And I'm going to get it on Friday. <laughs> So it worked out perfectly. What none of you know, you'll have all been excited for me, no doubt, through that story. But Sarah literally has rolled her eyes the entire way through this story while she's been walking home from work. I guarantee it. I guarantee she's walked home from work. And oh, no, she drove. She's driven to work because um, it was pissing down. But I guarantee she has rolled her eyes the whole way through this story. <laughs> but either way, I've got... The brand new yellow Bluetooth solar solar powered, by the way, this thing does not require a battery. Um, and that's why it's great, because if the battery dies, you don't get enough solar power. As soon as you wear, you wear it for five minutes, the power kicks back in. It connects to your watch. Your watch updates all of the settings and the time. Bingo. Your watch is working perfectly again. So I'm legitimately really excited and happy that I was able to get that. Um, and I'll have to now get some yellow glasses, won't I? So now I probably wouldn't have bought yellow glasses, but I'm going to go to Pop Specs and see if they've got some. Now I need some yellow frames to match them. Although, I might not bother with buying yellow glasses to match this watch. Because I've actually already got some yellow Converse that are that slight sunburst yellow, almost as if they're leaning towards aspirationally being orange that really nice yellow. 
Um, I've got Converse in that colour already, so I might just wear them whenever I wear this watch. Who knows? But I'm happy. I'm sure you can tell. So I bought uh, that red and black watch, or at least I bought it, and it was just black, but I put the red straps on, and um, off we go. And I also bought some new Nikes as well. <laughs> that have got a greenish tick on that match the arms of some other glasses I've got and a Vans jumper. I'm all about the matchy-matchy now. I'm such a wanker. I hate how materialistic I've become. Hmm. That's weight loss for you because you're so fed up internally when you're overweight that you can't buy any clothes and you just have to put up with whatever shit you can find in the size that you are. They don't make really amazing clothes in a 5XL because no designer, it's the same. This is horrible, right? But it is the truth. When Martin Scorsese directs a film, he doesn't want you to watch it on your iPhone. And when Ted Baker designs a shirt, he doesn't want it to be in a 5XL. Some things are made to be a certain size. Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino and Guillermo del Toro and anybody else that you'd care to name don't want you to watch their film on a seven-inch iPhone screen. And Vivian Westwood doesn't want her dress to be in a size 36. That's just the shitty thing about fashion and all that stuff. So... Typically, when it comes to getting, and I've been 5XL, so I can talk about it quite openly. When it comes to buying clothes in a 5XL, there is absolutely no point in going into any designer high fashion store because they just don't even have it. They Sometimes they don't even go to a large. Sometimes they only make certain stuff in a medium. So you left shopping always in supermarkets in places that are not primarily meant for clothes they will also stock ranges of clothes in those bigger sizes and so you're left buying t-shirts that have got shitty logos on and fake companies that don't exist and you know <laughs> i don't know the texas oil co you've got a shirt that says texas oil co on it or you know if found please return to the pub or ladies man with a picture of a wolf winking all those bullshit horrible clothes that nobody really likes but you tell yourself that you do like them because they're the only clothes you can find in your size that is the truth of being really overweight and as soon as you get out of that bracket you feel a couple of things you don't really want to shop in the shops that weren't there for you when you were overweight. So I still won't go in those a lot of those shops. But companies that at least had a go. I didn't enjoy wearing the clothes in a 3XL. But M&S, H&M, places like that. I will still shop in those because I feel like they were always there for me. But now I can buy the clothes in a, a large and a medium. And I, I just want to buy different stuff all the time because I don't feel like I want to hide anymore. I wanted to hide. I wanted to wear black clothes, dark blues, hoodies, things that covered the lumps and bumps, the little undersag of a, a little pair of man boobs or the little sideways out jog of some love handles poking out the muffin top over the jeans. I wanted to hide every possible lump and bump. And in the end, what you end up looking like is just very circular. So you still look overweight, but you don't look lumpy. And that's about as good as you can do. But the downside of that 
is that when you lose a lot of weight, or in my case, when you've lost a lot of weight, you start to become very materialistic because actually I look forward to getting dressed. I look forward to going upstairs and looking at the five or six new jumpers I've got in different colours and thinking, well, what will I wear today? And if I wear that jumper, maybe I'll wear those trainers. I've always been into trainers because they're one thing you can always get even when you're overweight. What trainers will I pair with that jumper? And well, if I'm going to wear that, I'll wear this watch and that watch goes with these glasses. And before you know it, it becomes... It becomes a big part of your day, getting dressed and looking forward to what you're going to wear. But also, it's a fun part of the day. I really love clothes and fashion and accessories now. Just got right into it. <laughs> but hey, so that's what I did Friday. Then Friday night, I finally tracked down some fresh pasta. Before I forget, by the way, tapas and pasta and all that and beautiful food from abroad, we've booked another holiday to Benidorm, Sarah and Joshua and I. Sarah was able to swap some days around at work, and I uh, found a holiday in Benidorm and booked it and paid the deposit. So it's in seven weeks. We've got six weeks in between now and then. It's in the seventh week, and we're going for five nights, six days in Benidorm. I'm really excited. We're going back to the exact same hotel as last time. So we know exactly where it is, what the pool's going to look like, what the room's going to look like, everything about it. And I'm looking forward to it. The only difference is going to be that we're all learning to speak Spanish properly doing Duolingo as best we can in that time. And then when we get back, we'll look at trying to book another one. <laughs> Sarah's going, all right, don't get carried away. Um, but I love it. I loved Benidorm so much. I don't think that if we go back to when we well I say if when we go back to Spain again, I don't think we'll book Benidorm a third time. I think we'll probably book somewhere where you can go to a few more places. One of the things about Benidorm is you can't really get anywhere different. You can go to Valencia on a bus trip that takes like an hour and a bit, but you can't really get to Barcelona or anywhere like that. Whereas if you go to Salou, you can get to Barcelona. If you go to some other places, you can get to other big towns. I'd really like to go to Barcelona. I'd love to obviously go and see a football match at the Nou Camp. I mean, as a football fan and someone who ground hops as well, going to see Barcelona play at home or Real Madrid playing at home or someone like that would be amazing. Um, and I would love that. I don't buy into all the bullshit about going to see, the, like supporting those big clubs. I think it's stupid. It annoys me, all the all the English people who support Barcelona and, and teams like that, mainly because of Messi. And you never see them talk about it now because Messi's fucked off to League One and plays for Paris Saint-Germain. It's like Barcelona don't exist anymore. But hey, um, I'd still like to go and see a football match there. I'd also like to see Dortmund in the Bundesliga, even though uh, Erling Haaland is now going to transfer to Man City, which will be very interesting to see him in the Premier League. I'd still like to go and see Dortmund as well. We're looking at a little German holiday to maybe try and do that, but hey. So that's, that's a quick thing I need to mention. I'm going to run out of time on this bloody podcast after having nothing to talk about. This is what happens when I just make some notes. So I finally found some fresh pasta. I went to a restaurant called Storico in Ipswich and the pizza and pasta was legitimately amazing. I cannot tell you how much I loved it. Um, really just wood-fired pizza base was incredible and fresh pasta could really tell the difference. You could taste the ingredients, you could taste the work and it was amazing. So I had that on Friday. Then Saturday, I did double shows in Great Yarmouth, did Vanishing Elephant twice. That show has really, really found its feet now. I'm super happy with it. It's, um, 
it's exactly where I want it to be. And I'm looking forward to working on it more. I think I'm going to take some of the material from that show and put it into a kind of ultimate show for next year. And that show is the one I'm going to take to Nashville in November. And I might take the Curious Mysteries name. Because over these few years now, I've kind of had a few things that I've loved, a few themes that I've loved, and then a few tricks in certain shows that I've loved. And I feel like if I put them together, I found this great impressionist on TikTok that does a perfect, perfect Alfred Hitchcock impression. And I think if I get the Curious Mysteries theme tune, which was the Alfred Hitchcock theme, basically, and I get him to do an Alfred Hitchcock impression as the introduction and bring me on stage, and then I walk out and do the show, um, that'll be really good. And I'm going to use Tom Lehrer as the pre-show and his kind of, kind of weird music, and uh, I think it's going to be really good. So that's my plan. But combine some of the tricks from Vanishing Elephant, mainly the Vanishing Elephant bit itself, because it's a funny bit, and... Um, some of the tricks from Instant Magic and some of the tricks from both shows and put together something really good for Nashville. And I'm going to pay for a film crew to come in and record the whole thing with the hope of releasing it on Vimeo or something like that. So that's where that's at. Um, on the way back from Great Yarmouth, I realised I was going to drive past uh, Castleford again. So I went for donuts. I called ahead and I pre-ordered some donuts and I was able to get there in town to pick them up. God damn it, do I love their donuts so much. They are the best. <laughs> so I went and got a six box of donuts. Although I have to say, I, I think I might prefer their muffins, you know. I had muffins from them as well. I actually bought them for Sarah and she tried them and said they were nice. She had half of each and I had half of each. And they were delicious. So I think this Saturday when I'm driving home, I might swing by Castleford again and not bother with the donuts, but just get the muffins because they were really good. I need to look earlier because I was only able to get two different flavours and I had to kind of lump the ones that they had left. But I think if I book them in advance and see what they have when they're fully stocked, I'll get some better um, muffins. I need to message Sarah and ask her what muffins she wants. What? Oh, shit, how did I do that? I've just... Oh, there we go. What? Oh, God, I've locked my keyboard somehow. There we go. What muffins do you want? I've written that into my notes to remember to ask Sarah what muffin she wants. Uh, I've just got a new wallet as well. I became obsessed with this uh, company called Fielder's Choice. If you're a baseball fan, you'll love this. I'm kind of an honorary Chicago Cubs fan. I always check their results um, and I like to see them doing well. And I keep a bit of an eye on the roster and I know a few of the players and stuff I don't watch a huge amount of baseball I do watch baseball when it's on TikTok and stuff and I'll occasionally look stuff up on YouTube and I'm always obsessed with how it works but I like the Cubs because of their link to Back to the Future you know obviously they're a plot point aren't they in uh, Back to the Future I wish I could go back and put some money on the Cubbies winning the season all that so I like them because of that obviously I did the tour when I was in Chicago of the stadium uh, in Moneyball, Brad Pitt gets offered the opportunity to go to the Red Sox and all that. And that kind of pumped up my interest in baseball. So I like it. Anyway, I saw these wallets. 
that were made from leather from recycled baseball gloves. And they've still got some of the impurities and oddities of a baseball glove and the, the text that's often written on baseball glove. Some of that will be on there. And they're basically just wallets made from old baseball glove leather. And I thought that was really cool because it's a well-seasoned, well-worked-in leather. It smells... I've got it in my hand now. It smells amazing. It just smells like old leather. It's really nice, though. So... I really wanted one of these wallets. They're quite expensive, though, the Fielder's Choice ones. They are nice. And, you know, maybe one day or maybe when I'm in America, I'll get one. I'll order it to where we're going because the import and stuff just was crippling. So I didn't buy one. But I was looking on Etsy and I saw this guy on Etsy that made them. Um, and he was only in Wakefield and it had all the same stuff, the same assurances. And it had pictures of the wallet, uh, of the gloves that he'd used to make each wallet. And you could pick one. And I bought one and it came today. And it's really, really nice. It's handmade, hand cut, hand stitched leather. Um, and it's all made from old baseball glove. And it's super nice. And I love it. And it's just, it's really nice having items that you're kind of proud to own. Something that you just really enjoy having and using. And, um, yeah, I'm holding it now and I really like it. Check them out though. Look up, uh, wallets made with old baseball gloves or look up fielder's choice. They're the really nice ones that I love, but this one isn't actually a full wallet. It's a card holder wallet. You know, those slim wallets that you get that you just put your cards in a few cards in and you can put some cash in like a middle pocket. It's like one of those. So it doesn't open up or anything. The fielder's choice ones, you can get ones that open up, but this isn't one of them. But uh, it's really nice. So there it is. That's my uh, little leather wallet that I bought. Um, then Sunday rolled around. And we had our friend Brittany over. Sarah invited her over. And the three of us went out together. Because Joshua was at a friend's birthday party. And then at a friend's house afterwards. So the three of us went up to this... Um, this kind of farm in the middle of nowhere and it had a van that did wood-fired pizza which is why we went because we wanted wood-fired pizza after i'd said about how nice it was basically every week i get obsessed with something that i really want to eat and i tell sarah and then sarah looks it up and finds somewhere near us that does that thing <laughs> and then we go so that's what we did on sunday and that's where i tried my first ipa i'd never had an ipa before does it stand for indian pale ale is that right I think it stands for Indian Pale Ale. What is IPA? What does IPA, IPA mean? Indian Pale Ale, yeah. Indian Pale Ale is a hoppy beer style with a broader category of pale ale. Um, yeah. How is it beer different for your IPA? The amount of hops are different. So it, it kind of, it's interesting. It just has more of a fruity, flat flavor. It's weird. I liked it, though. I didn't love the one that I tried, but I could tell that I would like the idea of it. And I tried a couple of different flavors and they were both things that I thought I could get into. So now I'm going to try different IPAs. That might be my thing when it comes to beers, trying different IPAs and seeing which ones are good. Um, you know what I'm like, though? Now I'll need to buy a little book. And every time I try an IPA, I'll need to write that IPA in the little booklet and write what I liked about it and find some info about it. And I'll have to score all the, IP all the IPAs. <laughs> they go up to 20%, though. They can be quite strong, the IPAs. 20% volume for a beer. That's really strong, you know. When you think vodka is like 40%. Imagine if you drank a pint of vodka, you'd be fucked. If you drank half a pint of vodka, that would be like drinking a pint of 20% IPA. 
So I could feel it a little bit, but we had pizza and everything, and I only had a half, by the way. And then um, we came home, but I did enjoy it, and the pizza was good, and the place was nice. I'd certainly go back there. It was uh, it was very good. So it looked like it was the sort of place that you were either going to get murdered or where zombies lived on the way up there, but it turned out to be really good. And then Monday rolls around, and back on the road. Did a gig at Craig Tara, which was my first ever haven years ago, maybe 10 years ago now. And um, it's always good to go back. Can be a tough room, but actually the audience rolled over and let me tickle their bellies. It was a good little show. I enjoyed it. And uh, they were like, just easy. They didn't talk. They didn't chunter on while I was trying to do the show. They just sat and listened and they made it really easy for me. And I enjoyed it a lot. And then Tuesday, last night, I was at Haggerston Castle. That was funny last night, though, because... My dad's sister, who I don't really know, I probably haven't seen her since I was younger than 10 years old when I stayed at their house once. My dad's sister has three kids and it's been that long since I've seen any of them. I only know one of their names and I only know her name because she'd got in contact with me on Instagram and said, oh, I'm your cousin. Uh, her name's Tracy. I'm your cousin Tracy. Haven't seen you since we were little kids. Hope you're well. Been following your career. Really well done. Happy to see you doing well. All that sort of stuff. And so that was really nice. And then her daughter, who's now 18, started following me as well and uh, often likes my Facebook and Instagram posts. They both do. And so it's kind of nice, that little family connection. I mean, as you know, my dad is no longer with us, so we don't really have any occasion to get in touch with his side of the family because he wasn't particularly involved or close with his brothers and sisters as an adult. And so that meant that they weren't really a big part of my life either. But it was nice to, you know, get in touch with this part of the family again. Anyway, it turned out they were going to be on holiday last night at the place where I was gigging. So I got to go out and see them before the show, which was really nice. And she was very, very, um, you know, charming and nice and chatty. And uh, it was nice to see each other. And we had a lovely uh, little catch up. And then they watched the show. And afterwards, they said they loved it, which was great. So all in all, a good night. And then I got home. Both nights, I've managed to make it home by 11 o'clock, which is just such a dream. Getting home by 11 o'clock makes me really, truly happy. And I did. Home by 11. Thank you. So I got in and I um, went for a walk both nights, went for big walks, uh, an hour and a half at night, big, big old nighttime walk, which felt good. And last night I got back in at 25 past 12 and I was asleep by half 12, literally got in, clothes off, upstairs, in bed, and boom, straight asleep. And then this morning I would have walked, but unfortunately it absolutely pissed down. So I drove Joshua to school. <laughs> but there it is. That's a proper week's catch up. That, friends, is a decent little podcast. Plenty of veering off to the side. Plenty of chatting about different things. 46 minutes so far. I mean, I am well and truly back in the saddle. But was last week called 15 left? That means there's 14 left. I was half tempted. I know I've put this podcast on notice. I was half tempted to say this week, oh, you know what? This podcast is just going to be as and when now. Maybe I'll just knock out an episode every few weeks when I feel like it. It's sometimes it's the schedule. It's that thing of like, oh, it's Wednesday. You better record what's happened. But I feel like it might be better in future after the... I think after these weeklies are finished, when I get to my next birthday, I'm just going to do randoms. 
I'm still just going to pop up occasionally because nobody ever really unsubscribes from a podcast, do they? You just keep it in your list. I'm still subscribed to podcasts that haven't put an episode out for two years in the vain hope that they suddenly will start again. And I think most people are like that because it's no harm, is it? So maybe in future I might just put randoms out. But at the minute I'm still doing weekly until my birthday. That's the plan. And I realised that today actually the key is to get the laptop out with the notes open on it and then just look at my diary and very quickly you're able to remember everything that happened during the week and make quick notes. And that's what I did. Um, And that's how I came up with all of this. So not too bad in the end. Right, I'm going to look up the uh, Doughboy menu and ask Sarah what what muffin she'd like this uh, Saturday if I bring them home. She's going to say none, I'm being good. (laughs) But I'm still getting one. Right, friends, much love to you all. That's this week's podcast. Stay awesome, and uh, I will catch you all next next Wednesday. Bye, everyone.